Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another day of prayer. Thank you for joining us for our morning Bible study. Who would like to open us in prayer? It would be me. Lord, I thank you for today and for the wonderful things that you've been doing and for the beautiful weather that you have blessed us with, Lord, and for making Mommy's birthday special and that she enjoyed it, Lord. And I ask that you'll continue to move it during our Bible studies and show us things to come, Lord, and make it easy for us to understand, Lord, what it is that you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we are in chapter 13, 1 Samuel chapter 13. Who would like to begin reading? We're going to read through, through the first 15 verses. I will read. All right, honey, honey. Okay. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in the mountains of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gebeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it, said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, and 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of, of Beth-Avin. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and, a, and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Samuel went out to meet him, that he might greet him. I'm sorry, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down, to, come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And, Sam, and Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. 
For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel rose and went up from Gilgal to Gebeah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. There's a lot in here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, well, a lot of change within Saul himself in this time span. The people, not so much, right? We discussed that yesterday. Yes. But you see a lot of change with Saul. And not, not for the better. It wasn't a, it doesn't discuss how he grew in fear and admonition of the Lord. How he spiritually developed. What's it say? He regressed. Explain. That he didn't heed the Lord and honor him and pay him much mind. Mm. What does it say that? It doesn't say those exact words. Oh, okay. I was like, did I miss that? No. Okay. But it can be derived. I think, the, for me, the key point in all of this is the beginning of verse 2. It says, Saul chose for himself. Just that, those few little words. It says everything we need to know. Previous chapters, even when Saul acted, it said, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul, mm-hmm. and this is what happened, right? He was filled with uh, righteous anger or whatever the case is and wanted justice. This was not that. In this scenario, in this situation, Saul was acting out of his own strength or willpower or whatever way you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And that never works. But what do we see in this scenario here? He acts of his own willpower, but then still says, hey, Lord, bless this. Protect me. Give us victory. Mm-hmm. Do we not do that in our own lives? got this great idea and I'm just going to do it. We didn't seek the Lord for it. We didn't inquire of Him, of His will. I mean, you can even look and clearly at some point Saul and Samuel had a conversation. He said, hey, I'll be there or sent word or however that was Mm -hmm. of wait seven days and I'll be there. Mm -hmm. So there's an aspect too of waiting on the Lord. We want the Lord to, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday and in previous days, but uh, waiting on the Lord. We want His results. Well, His perfect will includes His perfect timing mm-hmm. for everything. Or we see that played, I'll say played out, but that example, that pattern set forth in Jesus. How many times does He say, now's not the time. Right? My time has not yet come. Is that he was always concerned with timing. He didn't try to get ahead of the Lord and didn't lag behind the Lord. Mm-hmm. But he remained walking with him. I'll say in perfection, which that also includes timing. Not just obedience. If we're obedient to his perfect will, he's our God, we're his people, then we move when he says to move. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not before, and we don't delay. But immediately, when he says, 
when the Lord says move, we move. Mm -hmm. In faith and obedience. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyone else have anything that stood out to them? that but then let's look at this entire section right Saul through his son Jonathan attacked the Philistines at Giva right mm -hmm. yeah. well but where did they gather their troops Saul and Jonathan <coughs> in Gilgal the place that just what a year or two years prior the Lord gave them victory yes okay so that means Giba's in the Philistines' land. So they were provoking reaction. That's a declaration of war. But also, they did it with 3,000 people. This is that they called for, for the people of Israel, right? <coughs> Saul chose for himself 3,000 people and then attacks the Philistines and then calls for other people, right? To let them know what he's done and now we need support it wasn't clearly the planning phase of this wasn't really well thought out but what's also it's an act of war for the philistines so what are they going to do they're going to meet force with force because yes. that's that's typical of warfare right but they're not going to plan for the three thousand no they're looking at this in the long haul for the long term long view and what happened well a year or two years prior they were facing 300,000 people. All right, we just read about that in chapter 11. There were 300,000 people came against the Philistines. So that's what they're gearing up for, not, not just this three group of 3,000 people. They're looking at numbers, so they're going to meet force with force, and the more numbers I have, increase, especially back then, it increases my odds of winning. All right, especially when you're working outside of the Lord. All right, you look at things like numbers and you know how many weapons or what types of weapons you have. Right, all that and how you can best employ them. Yes. I mean, that's that's just smart, you know, strategizing, strategizing. Anyway, but when that's what your faith, your hope, your trust is in, and not in the Lord, those are the things that you're going to look at that matter. So, so there's that. 
which is significant. Why? What reason was there for Saul to go and attack the Philistines? Who knows? That's Ooh. between him and the Lord, yeah. primarily, but... There was really no reason. They, the Lord had already driven them out. Hadn't given the Philistines a foothold in the land. Yeah, were there still some things that um, that Saul, as the king, should have been able to guide and direct the people because of the time that they were under the Philistines' command and rule, right, that what the Philistines were set over them? Sure. We'll get to some of that here later on in the chapter. But... That's that's an in-house thing. All right, getting your own house in order. Yes. Not trying to attack others for what you don't have. Right? Yes, yes. But then there's the other aspect, too, and that's really said it was, was all the excuses. Right? It starts in verse 11. Samuel questions Saul and asks, says, what have you done? Right? But then what's Saul's response? First, he blames the people. So all the people were scattered from me. Well, that's very different than how they acted under, well, the Lord. He brought the people together in unity. They were all of one mind, of one of, in one accord. All right? Moving forward, moving together for something that the Lord had laid on their hearts. All right? So there, that should be a sign right there. If there's zero, uh, I got people have the opportunity to come in or not. But if the Lord's truly behind it, it cannot fail. When we act out of our flesh, it's all but destined to fail. So then you have that. So, like I said, Saul blames the people. Well, the people were scattering from me. Which, as a, you know, using that to justify his actions. And then, goes so far as even to blame Samuel. You weren't here. You said you were going to be here, and you weren't here yet. You had not arrived. So, still taking no, no blame, no credit, whatever, for his own actions. Accountability. Accountability. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Still waking up. <laughs> but zero accountability for their actions. But let's look at our own lives. When we do something that's not right, we're disobedient, whatever the case is, what do people try to do? Blame push blame aside. Yep, push it on anyone and anything else. Oh, is everybody cringing over there? Pointing fingers. Yeah, okay, right. So you know it to be true. <coughs> but that's, that's human nature. That's the sin nature. That's not the nature in Christ. The nature in Christ is, okay, yep, I'm, I made a mistake. I can acknowledge that. And... You know, yes, I can apologize, I can repent, and we should. But there's also the moving forward. The, I don't want to do this again. I'm going to do, I'm going to ensure that I don't do this again in my life. Right? Yes. Okay. But that's not what happened here. Mm -hmm. So, there's the other aspect too, right? Which, what was Samuel's words to Saul? Done foolishly. Yep, that's one of them. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. Mm -hmm. Continue. For now the Lord 
would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Does that not sound like the Lord being just? What did he say at the end of chapter 12? If you follow my ways, but if you still do wickedly, you should be swept away, both you and your king. Fear the Lord, serve him in truth, with all your heart, for consider what great things he's done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Now there's also, Scripture tells us, that leaders, those in authority, teachers, right, all that, they're held to a higher standard. So it should be of no surprise that in verse 14, he says, uh, your kingdom shall not continue. This is it. So two years into his kingship, he's already been told, hey, the Lord's rejected you as king. Why? He was doing it in his own way, his own will, not following the Lord. Again, it goes right back to what we said in verse 2. Saul chose for himself. Where the Lord had given guidance and direction in chapter 12 on, yeah, you may have a king, right? Let's point out, I gave you a king because you requested it, right? So I answered you. It's not what I chose for you, as in it wasn't how it was supposed to be. It was never the way that this was intended. I knew you were going to do it. You asked for it. I've given you what you've asked for. But here's how you still follow me. Yes. Right? As in the Lord. But the key part is you have to choose to follow the Lord. Everybody. That's a, a choice, but it's a... It's a requirement. What are you going to do? Are you going to follow the Lord or not? Yes. If we follow the Lord, we see Him move. We see His blessings. We see all the, I'll say the, the perks or yeah, blessings that come yeah. along with following the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when we do things our own way, well, we reap those consequences. And it's more so it's not the Lord doing stuff to us because we didn't do what He asked. Right. But there are there are fruit that are received when you go out on your own then you're responsible for upholding what you're doing when you go never mind god you're not my king you're not my lord i'm not staying under your covering then that means you become responsible for the results you become responsible for maintaining yourself and seeing the outcome through right Um, because under him you get his results from under, think about the, the wings of the shadow of the Almighty under his pinions and his feathers. Mm-hmm. That means he's responsible. He's covering you. You're, you're working on his plan, and he's working his plan. And you're just there doing whatever he commands you to do. But on the other side of that is you're going, no, I don't want to be under that covenant, that covenant or in that covering. I don't want to be in your hand, Lord, so I'm going to jump down and go do my own thing. Well, out there is the curse. Out there is calamity out there is destruction you know psalm 91 talks about the one who has made his covenant with god and has continued and remained in it and not departed he can expect only with his eyes shall he see the reward of the wicked and 
a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but none of it shall come near me. Mm-hmm. That person that has committed to God and remained in his covering and covenant can expect Psalm 91, but the one who has departed cannot and should not expect that. It's not that God is bringing the trouble on him. He's already made it clear that thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. and that he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Oh, more abundantly. Yes. So he's already made that clear. So God's not doing anything to him, but he's going, you can't, you can't have both. You can't drink the cup of demons and then the cup of God. Okay, because there's, no there's no communion, there's no mm-hmm. fellowship. You can't live your own way How and then go. How can two walk together unless they agree? Mm-hmm. Can't live your own way and then say, God bless it. Here's what I want to do, God. Take care of it. No, no, no. He's God. And we are his children. We are his people. Um, but also, it says, uh, verse 13, For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Mm-hmm. Well, that, doesn't that sound like, well, we'll get to that here. This is what God later. wanted to do. This was it. This was a, the same thing that he said to David. Mm-hmm. If you follow me, if you see my commands, or if you teach your children, then you will have an heir on the throne forever. I was first said to Saul, he would have done this. That was God's heart, and his desire was to establish him. But he's not going to establish someone that is going to be wicked. So, so right there, it wasn't about David's more special than Saul or any. No, this was, the Lord's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's good yeah. His oh. promise, his covenant, his blessing, his plans, his purpose. While the purpose for everyone is different, but he has a calling. The blessings in him are yes and amen. It is the same for everyone. Yeah. You see that here with Saul. And he, he expresses that to him. Unfortunately, for Saul, he didn't choose to follow after the Lord. Well, right? So now he tries to approach things from natural means. And now he's reaping natural results. Where are the, all these people that he, he selected? He hand chose these 3,000. They're hiding in caves. Why? Because, well, now they're unnumbered. Because they're going off of what their eyes see and what their ears hear instead of what the Lord said to do. So the Lord wasn't establishing this, right? But this was the result of trying to, or not trying to, but of acting out of the flesh. So let's look at the other side of that. When, so we were talking about verse 14 or and 13 and 14. When we're doing what God asked us to do, then we can expect to be established. Amen. It can easily, you know, as we study through the word and we highlight things, it can easily create a picture and an image on the inside of you of don't, 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 don't. I got to not do this. I have to try to not do that. How am I going to keep all these rules? Don't, 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 don't. Mm. But that's not how you should perceive it. That's not the expectation that God has. He's saying, do, do keep my commandments. Do walk with me. Do love me with your whole heart, your mind, soul, and strength, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. Do these things, which is exactly how Jesus came to us. He didn't come to us with don't, 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 don't. He said, do these things and you'll inherit. Mm -hmm. Keep my commandment and my father and I will manifest ourselves to you. He told us what to do so then one could say, if I don't, then I won't. But if I do the things that he asked me and that are pleasing to him, then I will be established. I will inherit the good things 
that God has for me. You will receive everything that the Lord has for you. Yep. So when you're when you're putting your your um, your mind on the Word of God, don't try to think of a put it in a place where you are remembering the good things that God said, remembering what God is admonishing you and encouraging to do, and focus on those things. And as you do that, you will see that you no longer desire to do the things that are unpleasing to him, or displeasing to him, sorry. Unpleasing is not a word. Displeasing to him. Um, unpleasant. You don't want to, you will no longer desire those things, but you'll see yourself begin to grow towards him and be changed as you're supposed to be, okay? So he's not a don't, don't, don't God. He's a do, do, do God. Do keep his commandments because that's what brings him pleasure and that creates a good place in our lives. I also wanted to ask you, as I, you know, and point out, as I was looking at this, when did Saul change over? When did he go from, God, I want to do it your way, Let, hey, let's go seek the Lord, to my hands have got to get this. I've got to do this for myself. I just want to see something get done. And you remember? Well, you can look at it two ways. Initially, it doesn't say. Right? It just says, like I said, verse 2, Saul chose for himself. However, if you go a few verses in, right, there is the aspect of when the pressure was on. When he looked at things that was naturalized and the pressure was on, then he said, I have to grasp this. I have to do this myself. Oh, yes. I'm just saying in his personal life, when did he make oh. the transition over? At what point did Saul stop depending on the Lord? And the, the method that God had set up, set up for him, the pattern that God had already shown him, when did he stop relying on that and exchange it for something else and put in his own agenda? Or you understand what I'm saying? What, yes. When was the transition when point When did he choose not him? to remain? Because we don't necessarily see it pointed out, but we see the results of it. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, we talked about before, we have to choose to pursue God. And to continue to stay close to him and not let our hands slide from his. Because he's always got, his position is solid. God's position is immovable and unchangeable. He doesn't, he doesn't slink back from us. He doesn't like take off so we can't keep pace with him. He doesn't do that to us. So if there's a change that happens, it comes on our side. Where we withdraw and pull away from him. You know, like when you guys were little, I would hold your hands. And I would take my pinky and lock it around your wrists. So that way, you couldn't slip your hand out of mine. And as you guys got older, you start twisting your hand a little bit like, oh, mommy, that's you're holding my arm too tight. When you started to kind of get the point of we're holding hands, you got to keep your hand in mine. But as a parent, I wasn't letting go of your hand, especially if we were crossing the street or we we're doing something dangerous. But your little hands would you start twisting them back and forth like, oh, I want to walk by myself. I want to do it. And try to snatch it and pull it away. So likewise with God, he's not letting go of us because he already knows what's ahead. He knows that we can do nothing without him. That's not a, a, a revelation to him like, oh, you couldn't do this without me? Oh, <laughs> let me get your hand. He's not like that. He already knows that. So he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. So then if there has been forsaking happening, whose part is it on? Persons. The the part of the human, 
-hmm. Not God, because he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his word. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. Right? Yes. Yes. So, when did Saul pull his hand out of the Lord's? And I venture to say it was a, a subtle change that he probably didn't think this is what was going on. But his, his actions say it was a, a deep thing that happened. And God's response to it tells us that it was a deep thing that happened. But he might not have thought it was any different. What's the difference? What's the difference? The Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Absolutely. He and that's what does. he addresses here in verse 14. Yes, he surely does. He sought for himself a man after his own heart and commanded him to be commander over all the people. Because Mm -hmm. you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. In other words, you, as in Saul, has had a change of heart towards the Lord and rejected him. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, we often encourage you, and something we do ourselves, examine yourself Mm -hmm. to see where you are, to make sure that you're walking in the way with the Lord, to make sure that you're continuing with him. Check in with God. Hey, Lord, how's it going? You know, how am I doing okay with you? Is there something that we need to work on? Make sure that you continue to stay close with him and fellowship with him because you have to do your part in that. It's not God will make all the choices for you. He will tell you what mm-hmm. his desire is. He will show you what his will is, but it's your job to choose to walk in it. So check in with him and be honest with what you see in yourselves. If you notice that you're being snappier with people than you normally are, don't just continue on snapping away and say, God, get your people, other folks under control. Stress it first with you. So what's, what's wrong with everybody else? They're, they're getting on my nerves, and I repeat those kind of thoughts in the name of Jesus. But Amen. that kind of thought process, don't just say that. Go, wait, whoa, whoa. What's different about me? What's exactly. going on on the inside of me that I'm not able to walk in love with my neighbors? doesn't matter what anybody's doing to me. I should be able to demonstrate the love of God towards them and peace and patience and kindness and long-suffering, you know, all of those things. All the fruits and gifts of the Spirit. So examine yourself. Don't allow gaps to come between you and the Lord. Do your part. Pursue Him in relationship just like you would any other loved one, right? But also we tell you this so you can put it, apply it to your life, put it in practice now. Now is when you need to learn it because, yes, okay, while you're here, that's what the Lord has assigned you to our care for, right, to help you, to teach you, to train you, to equip you, admonish you, encourage you to go forward in the things of the Lord. There comes a, a point or a time where, you're responsible for those things. Yeah, no, I'll say this. You're always responsible for those things in your own life. Yes, for the time being, we're here to help. We're here to, to be a covering. And like I said, do all those things, train you in the way you should go, what's right in the things of the Lord. However, you have to take on that responsibility for yourself. You have to apply those things. You have to do, be able to do that on your own. This is the time where you put that in play and practice, apply it to your life. Because, well, let's look at other things in your life. Do you just wake up one morning and you're like, oh, now I'm going to do it? No. No. The things that you you train, there's a saying in the military, 
You train like you fight, or you fight like you train. So in other words, the things that you are doing constantly, putting in practice, right? You have that for everything. It's athletes or musicians, mm-hmm. or, right? They mm-hmm. are constantly practicing, constantly improving. They didn't just wake up one, one morning, typically, and they're a, you know, a, a master musician. No, it takes dedication, diligence, mm-hmm. hours and hours of practice. And, and now the Lord does do things quickly. He does, he does do quick works. Mm-hmm. However, we still have our part to remain, right? Mm-hmm. If you shot a thousand free throws a day for a year and then didn't touch a basketball for five years, you're still going to be able to, to hit free throws with the same? Yeah. No, not at all. Like you, there's just no way. Riding a bike, right? If you don't ride a bike for years, you jump back on one. Are you gonna, is it going to be as smooth as it was? You're going to have the same type of balance? No, it's going to be a little shaky at first. Does it come back to you? Sure. But why do you want to put those things away for, especially when we're talking about things of the Lord, for a time, and then have to come back and you're attempting to relearn it? You're attempting to get your footing back and, and balance and be able to, to move smoothly and effectively in the things of the Lord? Mm-hmm. No. You practice them now. And you keep practicing them and keep improving and keep growing, keep developing spiritually mm-hmm. and also naturally. Okay. Well, there's a couple more things that I wanted to talk about, but let's go on and read the rest of the, the chapter and we can come back to it. Okay. All right. Who wants to read verses 16 through the end of the chapter? I come on, promise, right, handsome promise. man. So Jonathan, his son, and the people present with them remained in Gebeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Michmash. Then raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned onto the road to Orpha, to the land of Shiel. Another... Go ahead, baby. Another company turned to the road of Beth, Beth Haram, and another company turned to the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zambian, towards the wilderness. Now there is no blacksmith to be found to all the land of Israel, for Philistines, Philistines said, at least the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. And the, and the charge for the sharpening was a pen, was a pen, for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes are to set the points to the goat of the goats. So, so it came about on the day of battle. There was no, there was neither nor sword, sword nor spear from the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan, but they were found with Saul and Jonathan his son. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to, out to the past Michmash. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So they didn't even have weapons, and the Lord had been winning battles for them. <laughs> He already <laughs> drew them out of the land a year or two years prior. Mm-hmm. Significant. 
But even in that time, they didn't gain weapons. But it, it seems to me in that time, maybe they could have been preparing. That's what I'm saying. They didn't prepare. Weapon, you know, creating weaponry, like or finishing out the things that were needed to make the kingdom solid. You know what I mean? Like you need, you got people there, but what are they going to fight with? Like this? Yeah, I mean, sure, but the knife, the swords and the, the spears and the, the shields, they help. Yeah, <laughs> it helps quite a bit. So, you know, like, you can see here that he jumped out ahead of the Lord and saw that is and didn't prepare the right way. And, you know, we talked to you guys about that, right? Yes. Kyla, you know, you're, you're coming. Oh, don't make that sound. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you're coming up to a point of being a, being almost ready to go out on your own, like, you know, live in your own apartment or wherever God has for you to live, to live in your own space. I always say it like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, begin to full, fully walk in the maturity that comes with adulthood. And we, we spoke yesterday about, okay, these are the things, you know, these are some of the expectations that you should have. Utilities, food, insurance, mm-hmm. car insurance, you, right? you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Things that, you know, your dad and I are well versed in because we've, we've been out. Been doing it for a while. <laughs> yes, for a long time. But this is new to you. And what did I say to you? What did I caution you about yesterday? I don't jump before the Lord and don't think I need a job first. Huh? That I should, but I should pray first and then let the Lord choose my job. Pray uh-huh. first. Go to God first and see how He wants to handle it. You may get a job, but you may not. Like it may be an internship. It may be whatever God has for you. It may be through ed- further education. You don't know how God's going to lay the plan out for you and what kind of job he'll tell you to get and what day, how, what kind of hours to pick, what, what's your, your focus should be. But go how to him first. How much you should first. ask for. Exactly. Yes. Go first to God. Don't put him last and then go, oh, God bless it. I've, I've done everything. I've, I've done all my own plans and tried to work it out. And now, hey, oh, oh, yeah, God, you're out there. You exist. Come on over here and blow on this for me and bless it. You know, like him blowing on your dice <laughs> like you're in a crap game or something. Sprinkle some dust on this and you know, good. No. Give me your fairy dust, Jesus. He's not, that's not who he is. That, that's not reverent to the Most High God. That doesn't respect him in his position, in your life, in his place of authority. He's the God of all creation. Don't treat him that way. He's first. Go first to God and let him lay out the plan. You know, to to um, the listeners, you don't know this, but Kyla, when she initially um, had inklings of what she wanted to do as a profession, you know, she she just had a, a thought, you know, like, this is what I want to do. And the Holy Spirit confirmed, like, yeah, I called her to do this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't go start looking for what schools had this opportunity or any of that. We went to God first. And when I tell you he brought her Every provision for her education to us, he brought it to us. To the, it was things showing up in our email that we hadn't looked for scholarships that she was able to obtain. Like, literally, they gave it to her. The, the Lord favor, laid the red carpet up. Yes, the favor that God displayed in verifying that, yes, this is my will. Yes, I said this. Yes, and confirmed it. Time and time again. Repeatedly. Even when Kyle was like, no, I don't know that I want to carry it. Nope, God was still there, and he was faithful, and he waited for her. 
he he encouraged her. He allowed her to come to uh-huh. um, grasping this thing of faith. You just said, okay, yeah, it's a nice idea. When we talked about this with Saul, it took you some time to go, okay, you know, yes, Lord, help me in this place where I'm weak. I'm, I have some unbelief on some things, but okay, I can say yes, just help bring me around to it, God. And he was faithful and did that. So why are we going to jump out of the boat now and go, now we got it, Lord. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We've got your hand, Jesus. So you got it. Exactly. we'll let you be God because you've been God all this way. It was not I who said, let there be light. It wasn't Kamisha speaking over, hovering over the water. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was you, God. So, mm-hmm. so you know, even though Methuselah over here thinks he was there. But <laughs> <laughs> But I know that I'm not God. Please settle this in your heart and your mind now. You are not God. You are his son, son or daughter. So come to him first. Let him be God. Let him be commander and captain in your own life. And let him dictate what path you're going to take and which way you're going to go. And when he sets it out before you go, yes, sir. Even if your eyes are big as saucers and you're like, Lord, how is overwhelming? Trust Sorry. he's got it. Let him do it. When when the angel came to Mary, Jesus' birth mother, she had some questions. Her eyes were big as saucers. She was like, whoa. But, but not no to him, but like this is a lot to take in. But yes, God, do it as you do it unto me as you said. Right? Um, here is your hand, your handmaiden or your maidservant. Here I am, Lord. Yes, sir. So let your answer be yes, sir. Even though your mind might be going, he didn't ask you to come up with the details. No, he didn't ask you covered. to work it out. He just asked you to trust him and believe him and walk with him and don't fight against him. Don't resist him. Don't go your own way. I remember a long time ago, God said to me, Kamisha, my way is easy. Like when you, when you boil it down, my way is easy, but it requires obedience. The world's way looks in the natural like it's easier because you don't have to restrain yourself. You don't have to... Um, Bring your, exactly. You don't have to buffet your flesh. You can just go and do and flop around it. If it feels good, do it. You can just approach life that way. But the end result of it is hardship and heartache. But God's way is easy. All I have to do is restrain me and get me in line with him. And the more I train myself at doing that, the easier it becomes. But you notice Saul said something to us in um, verse 12 when he was like, well, this hadn't happened, this hadn't happened, this hadn't happened, and I was concerned about it. He was afraid, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, that should have been the, the first indicator that he was not in the will of God because he was in terror. And we know that perfect love casts That's out fear, fear because fear involves torment. So he's in terror and torment over this situation. But before when God was with him, he was as bold as a lion. There was no, no terror, no, no torment. But now there's torment. So that should have been like, woo, stop right there. But what does he say? I felt compelled. Remember we talked about that? When you feel like there's something behind you cracking a whip, if you don't answer, you don't do something now, you're going to fail, you're going to lose it. Don't do it. Stop. Didn't we just talk about that? I think it was just, last week. Yeah, not too long ago. Yep. When you feel compelled, like something is driving you. I'm not talking about inward i have i want to go do what god called me to do i have a goal no aspiration not aspiration exactly but this is fear and a a driven force like something is driving you like a 
a whip being cracked behind you. You better go do this. And you're too pressured about doing something. Stop. That is not God. Stop that is not the Lord. the Lord. God Almighty. That's not how he operates. He's a still small voice. He is the umpire. Let peace rule as an umpire in your inward man. Right? Things that Paul and, and the later in the Old Testament, I mean, sorry, the New Testament laid out for us and things that Jesus taught us. This is how God inspires us. This is how God moves us. But none of it is by torment. None of it's by guilt. None of it's by oppression. None of it's by fear or doubt. That's not how God moves. That's not how God moves us. That's not how he in, inspires us and encourages us and admonishes us to move forward in him. So when you see these things, go, hold up. Somewhere I let go of your hand, Lord, and I went off on my own track. Then stop. What was the last thing God said to you? What was the last thing God told you to do? And go back to that and stand there. Repent for going off on your own path mm -hmm. and go, okay, Holy Spirit, did I do this right here? Especially if you're not hearing his voice. Because I know Saul was not hearing from God. He wasn't feeling the Holy Spirit while he was doing all these things. On the other hand, he was the Holy Spirit was going, no, no, stop, stop. And he overrode it. Well, he and, was just not listening. He didn't listen to the Lord for himself, but he also didn't listen to the Lord when he spoke through Samuel. Yes, but even even still, God doesn't leave us on our own. Even though He, the Holy Spirit was had a different no, but he gave, place. He gave the Lord gave Saul a plan through Samuel. Yes, to wait till he got there. Yep. Okay, but again, you see the I'll say the thoughts and intentions of the heart, right? They're revealed. Saul wasn't going to listen to the Lord. He he had done this in his daily life. So not listening to clearly a man that everybody acknowledged as being a prophet of the Lord and a judge of Israel and, and having the character and nature of God, right? Hadn't cheated anyone, right? All these things that we just discussed in the last chapter that everybody acknowledged, right? Being an example and a pattern for the people, he still didn't listen to him. Knowing that the Lord spoke through him. Knowing that this, and also this is the person that heard from the Lord and anointed Saul to be king. Sure. And he still didn't listen to him. Well, yes, you're right. But what I'm saying is that sometimes when we get outside of the will of God a little bit and we allow it to carry us further and further, then fear starts to come into play. And that being driven by the enemy to do things that aren't according to the word of the Lord, according to the will mm -hmm. of God, and they're outside the commandment that God gave us, that it finds a place because of fear. So I don't, I don't know that he was specifically going, Samuel, I'm the king. Like, psh, I don't have to listen to you. But when he opened the door, he gave place to the enemy. And he allowed it to drive him. His flesh first, right? Because each man is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust. That's how the enemy gains a foothold is when we pursue after something, right? That we should not be. That's how the enemy has an open door. Because otherwise, if you're just, you didn't move, and my thought crossed your mind, but you didn't act on it, he has no place. Right? Or if you didn't continue to think on it and think on it and think on it and think on it. But clearly something happened. Right? And now once fear kicked in, he should not have moved. He should have been like, nope, I'm going back to what did you tell me last, God? And this is, a, this is an admonishment for you, but also equipping time. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. If fear is in play, like you're being tormented, that's not God. Stop. 
Don't do anything. Come back to the Lord. Pray. Holy Spirit, help me. Tell me the truth. Okay? Because he guides us into all truth and he shows us things to come. He takes what belongs to Jesus and declares it unto us. Perfect love casts out all fear. Right? He who fears has not been made perfect in love. God is love. So if you're not in love, then you are in fear. Right? Yes. Okay. I've had things, situations breaking all around me, but I've had inward peace. And God going, here's what I want. This is what I want you to do. This is what I'm telling you to say. And there's like a bombardment trying to come. No, do this. Oh, but what if, if you don't, you're going to, uh, just what, just what Saul described here. Exactly. I didn't want this to happen. That's fear. It hasn't happened. What are you afraid of? Stop it. Rebuke that and cast it out in the name of Jesus. So when you notice that fear is arising, stop what you're doing. Come back to Jesus. Okay? Yes. Get on with this hand. Repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Wherever I missed it, help me. Show me, Holy Spirit, so I can get back in alignment. And he is always faithful. He is faithful and just. He will forgive you and cleanse oh. you from all unrighteousness. And that yeah. means he'll put you back in right standing. Okay? Yeah. And see you on through the rest of the journey. Stay close to him. Okay? Yes, Do you have any questions about that? No. Okay. Well, let's pause there for today, and we'll, I'll say, pick it up because there's some things in there that we're going to discuss, but it also ties in with the next chapter. So we'll pick that up tomorrow. Sure. All right. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. Thank you, Charles. All right, sir. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for all the knowledge that you given us and that you continue to give us, Lord. And Lord, I also thank you for continuing as you are, Lord, and not allowing us to, not allowing things to take us out your hand, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, I also thank you for protecting us and guiding us on the right path so that way we can succeed in you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for everybody here with us and everything that you are doing in us and with around us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, everybody, have a wonderful day. Yes, God bless you. Love you. you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.